question regarding the whole. State Department advocated, as I did in that meeting, for proceeding with all of the assistance uh, consistent with our policies and interests in Ukraine. You believed uh, what you said? You believed in the release of the whole? Yes, I did. Did anyone at the interagency meeting at the end of July support the whole? Did anybody want the whole to remain? And if so, who? What agency? The only agency, the only agency represented in the meeting that uh, indicated that they supported the hold was OMB. Ms. Cooper, did you understand um, similarly that there was an overwhelming interagency cons uh, consensus to lift the hold uh, and that OMB at the direction of the president was the only roadblock? Yes, ma'am. How is the security assistance in the national security interests of the United States? What is our interest? Explain that to my constituents in Alabama who are wondering why we should care about the security, the hold that's on the security assistance. Yes, ma'am. This specific assistance helps build the capacity of the Ukrainian armed forces. And it's important to understand that these are forces that are fighting to defend themselves against Russian aggression every day. It's an ongoing war. So they do need this equipment uh, to support their ability to defend themselves. And I would say there's a larger issue here that relates to U.S. policy on Russia. We believe it's very important to strengthen the capacity of Ukraine in order to deter Russian aggression elsewhere around the world. Exactly. Were you ever able to get a reason why that hold was on? Did you ever get a reason? No, ma'am. The only thing that I heard about it, but this is, again, you know, second, third hand, I'm, was that the president was concerned about corruption. But that was all I ever heard. So would you, uh, were you ever provided any additional information about the reason for the hold? No, ma'am. I thank you, and I yield the balance of my time to the chairman. Time yielded back to Chairman Adam Schiff, Democrat. Mr. Hale, isn't it common to have holds on military aid? And I think you said they're not unusual. Would you agree, though, that it would be very unusual to place a hold on military aid in order to leverage a foreign country to get them to investigate a political opponent? Yes. And I take it you would agree that that would be completely inappropriate? That would be inconsistent with the conduct of our foreign policy in general. And it would also be wrong, wouldn't it? Certainly not what I would do. Um, Mr. Turner. Of course, it would be interesting if any witness had ever testified that that was the case. I yield my time to Mr. Jordan. Thank the gentleman. Representative Jim Jordan, Ohio. I just wanted to go where the chairman started. He said that Ambassador Hale was one of our witnesses. They're all your witnesses. You, you, you called 17 witnesses. You subpoenaed 15 of them. Uh, they're all your witnesses. We didn't get a subpoena anyone. We didn't get to call anyone. You gave us an opportunity to get a list to you a couple weeks ago where we made suggestions on who you might allow us to have. So we did put three people of those 17 on that list so that they could provide at least some semblance of, of context and framework for this entire thing. So once again, trying, misleading the, the folks watching this hearing is, is um, not, not helpful. Thank you both for being here and for your service to our country. Uh, Ambassador, I read through yours, uh, Ambassador to Pakistan, Lebanon, 
Special Envoy of the Middle East, Ambassador Jordan, served in Tunisia, Bahrain, Saudi Arabia. You've been about every hot spot on the planet. Thank you for uh, those hardship assignments. We, we, uh, we appreciate your, uh, your service. Let me go uh, first to uh, earlier this, today, Mr. Sondland, Ambassador Sondland, excuse me, uh, said that he was denied access to some of his records. And the State Department put out a statement. They said this, Ambassador Sondland, like every current Department of State employee called before Congress in this matter, retained at all times and continues to retain full access to his State Department documentary records and his State Department email account, which he has always been fully free to access and review at will. That's an accurate statement from the State Department, isn't it, Ambassador Hale? I had not seen it until shortly before entering this uh, hearing room, but it sounds accurate, yes. Uh, appreciate that. Um, Ambassador, you're aware of no connection between the pause and aid in exchange for any kind of investigation. Is that correct? I'm sorry, I missed a keyword. Could you repeat the question? You're, you're, you're not aware of any connection between the pause in aid and an exchange for some kind of investigation being announced or done by Ukraine. Is that correct. right? And you're not aware of Secretary Pompeo having any knowledge, direct knowledge of a connection between investigations and security aid. Is that I'm correct? Not, I'm not aware of that, and he did not speak to me about that. You're not aware of any nefarious motive to withhold aid to Ukraine. Is that correct? Correct, sir. In fact, you testified that what you knew was that President Trump was, one, skeptical of foreign assistance generally. Mr. Ratcliffe highlighted that in his round of questioning. And two, skeptical of the corruption environment in Ukraine. Is that accurate? Well, we had heard that. That was a general impression at the State Department, correct? And the aid was actually eventually released to Ukraine. Is that correct as well? Uh, yes, I read that, sir. And there was just a 55-day or less than two months pause in the actual hold on the aid. Is that right, uh, Ambassador? Seems so, yes, correct. And to your knowledge, as a top principal at the State Department, an investigation into the Biden's Burisma of the 2016 election never happened by the Ukrainians. Is that correct? I don't know that I have the ability to answer that question, having taken this job in August of 2018. Oh. Well, since you've taken the job, how about that? To my knowledge, that's correct. Thank you. I yield back. Mr. Carson. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, Mr. Andre Cooper, Carson, Democrat, Indiana. ...line of defense against Russia's aggression and expansion into Europe... Numerous witnesses testify that Ukraine is, in fact, vulnerable to Russian influence and control. At your deposition, sir, you testified that providing security assistance is, quote, vital to helping the Ukrainians be able to defend themselves, end quote. What do you mean by that, sir? That uh, we have a longstanding policy of uh, helping Ukraine become a, a resilient state in order to be able to defend itself. We want a reliable and resilient and self-reliant security and economic partner in Ukraine that can stand up to Russian intimidation and aggression. You testified at the time of Russia's 2014 attack that the Ukrainian armed forces were, quote, significantly less capable than it is today, end quote. Would you say, sir, that Ukrainian forces were outmatched by Russia's military in important ways? I, I did not so testify. I think uh, I, I'm Ambassador Hale, and of course, Ms. Cooper may wish Adam to Cooper, respond. would you like to comment? I'm sorry, I do believe that was my deposition, but could, 
Do you just repeat the question briefly? So uh, during the time of Russia's 2014 attack, the Ukrainian armed forces were, quote, significantly less capable than it is today. Uh, would you say that Ukrainian forces were outmatched by Russia's military in critical ways? Absolutely. Uh, are the Ukrainian forces now completely self-sufficient in your mind, it, essentially in their ability to deter Russian aggression? No, sir. They, they have a long way to go. Uh, would you say that the Ukrainian armed forces now com are now completely self-sufficient? Or how, how much of an impact do, does the U.S. need to have in terms of that deterrence and how critical is the relationship between both Ukraine and the U.S.? Sir, the Ukrainians are on the right path to be able to uh, provide for their own security, but they will still need U.S. and allied support uh, for quite some time. And they need that support in the form of you know, tangible uh, assistance um, as well as uh, political and diplomatic support. So this question is to the both of you. Uh, why was Russia's illegal annexation of Crimea so significant in your mind? Madam Cooper. Russia violated the sovereignty of Ukraine's territory. Russia illegally annexed territory that belonged to Ukraine. They also um, denied Ukraine access to its naval fleet at the time. And to this day, Russia is building uh, a capability on Crimea designed to expand Russian military uh, power projection far beyond the immediate region. In 2014, uh, were there concerns in Washington, here in Washington, and European capitals that Russia might not stop in Ukraine? I was not in my current position in 2014, but it is my understanding that there was significant fear about uh, where Russian aggression would stop. So what, what, what about today? If, if, if the U.S. were to withdraw its military support of Ukraine, what would effectively happen? It is my belief that if we were to withdraw our support, it would embolden Russia. It would also validate Russia's violation of international law. And which country stands to benefit the most, would stand to benefit the most from such a withdrawal? Russia. Ambassador Taylor uh, testified about the importance of the U.S. upholding uh, the international system. And uh, it has underwritten peace in Europe since the end of World War II. A critical aspect of defending that system is ensuring that Russia cannot change its borders by military force. That is why there is strong bipartisan support for providing Ukraine with security assistance. That is why it is so incredibly destructive of the President of the United States to withhold this assistance as part of a scheme to pressure Ukraine into investigating a debunked conspiracy theory and attack former Vice President Biden. Mr. Chairman, I yield back. Dr. Winstrup. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you. Both Representative Brad Winstrup from Ohio. Republican. I serve proudly for two Republicans and two Democrat uh, presidents myself. Um, I want to go to, um, part Ms. Cooper, if I can, page three. Said I heard the president had directed the Office of Management and Budget to hold funds because of his concerns about corruption in, in Ukraine. And, you know, you're coming from the DOD side here. You know, I served a year in Iraq 
And it was important, and I think it's something that the Army always does, as I have seen, that we don't want to deliver aid or assistance if, there, if it's going to some corrupt or being delivered in some corrupt way. In other words, if we're going to build a medical treatment facility for the Iraqis, uh, we want to make sure we're not uh, getting charged ten times as much. I mean, we, 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 we're concerned about corruption in general when we're delivering funds uh, through the DOD. Is that correct? Yes, sir. So I think that, that that's a normal thing to, to want to be concerned about. And we would do that in, in Iraq, and uh, especially if, if we're providing payment for something. So I just want to go through a few things with you, because multiple witnesses have testified that the action to provide javelins to Ukraine by the Trump administration dem demonstrated strong U.S. support to Ukraine. Ambassador Yovanovitch, in her deposition, said President Trump's decision to provide lethal weapons to Ukraine that our policy actually got stronger over the last three years. She also said in terms of lethal assistance, we all felt it was very significant with this that this administration made the decision to provide lethal weapons to Ukraine. Ambassador Taylor said it was a substantial improvement in that this administration provided javelin anti-tank weapons. Very strong political message, it said the Americans are willing to provide more than blankets. Ambassador Volker testified that providing lethal defensive arms to Ukraine has been extremely helpful. Mr. Volker also stated, MREs and blankets and all, that's fine, but if you're being attacked with mortars and artilleries and tanks, you need to be able to fight back. Secretary George Kent stated that javelins are incredibly effective weapons at stopping armed advance, and the Russians are scared of them. Special Advisor Catherine Croft stated, the javelins help Ukraine defend themselves. A decision to provide javelins, we believe, is counter to Russian interest. Do, do you dispute what these witnesses have testified to, in, including Ambassador Ivanovich, Taylor, Volker, and others? Sir, I absolutely agree that the javelin system uh, is an important capability and that this was a very important decision to support Ukraine with this capability. Thank you. And you already testified that you're personally proud of the uh, Trump administration's decision to arm Ukraine with javelins, correct? That is correct, sir. So one of the things on page three tonight, you, you were talking about a meeting July 26th, and after that you said... Um, I was aware the national security community expressed unanimous support for resuming the funding as in the U.S. national security interest. That's correct? You said that tonight? That's correct, sir. So I guess I take a little question with resuming because we don't want to resume as is. Would that be correct? Because as is would not include javelins. Sir, I'm, I'm not sure I'm following. Well, what I was going to say, in the previous administration, javelins were not provided, even though they could have been. President Obama stopped the javelins. He could have delivered javelins. Let's put it that way. Sir, I, I think I should clarify what I meant by that statement. Resuming was just referring to the fact that OMB had placed a hold on the assistance so we weren't spending. Okay. And I wanted to resume the spending. Okay. Well, so that we could maintain this policy, okay. maintain the strength. Maintain the policy, but I guess what I'm asking, there is a difference, and I, th I think under Secretary Haley, you might, I thought I saw you nodding, um, the difference being that as it's resumed in this case, now it included javelins, 
which the Obama administration denied. Is that correct? It is true that um, the Trump administration uh, approved the release of uh, defensive lethal assistance to include Javelin, whereas the previous administration did not support that policy. Mr. Hale, do you have a comment on that? That seems correct. I defer to, to Ms. Cooper as the expert. Okay. Well, I think we can conclude that uh, more than blankets and MREs has been helping the Ukrainians, and uh, the lethal defensive weapons are something the Trump administration has approved, and it's a benefit to all of us. Thank you. Ms. Spear. Representative Jackie Spear, Democrat, California. You know, there's this mystery surrounding the hold on the aid in in July, it appears. But back in May, Ms. Cooper, I, I believe you said that there was aid that was conditioned, but you certified in May that the conditions had been met. And they include, included progress on command and control reform, commitment to pursue defense industry reform, and pass laws to enable government-to-government -government procurement. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am, that's correct. So then when you find out in July that they're concerned about corruption, you're scratching your head, right? So yes, ma'am, we did not understand. And do you know of any effort that was undertaken then to assess the corruption in Ukraine in June, July, August? Ma'am, as I believe I said in my deposition, the only um, specific uh, discussions that I am aware of related to that series of interagency meetings, the sub-PCC, as we called it, the PCC uh, Policy Coordination Committee, and the uh, Deputy Small Group. And in those meetings, participants did discuss the degree to which um, corruption was a concern and the degree to which there was progress. And my recollection of what the participants said in these meetings was that there was a very positive sense that um, progress was being made. So you have, have these meetings, progress is being made, nothing really changes from May until September that would then trigger the release of the money except a whistleblower came forward. Ma'am, I do not know what triggered the release of the funding. All right. Um, the fact that there was reference made to money being withheld in, uh, for other countries was made by some of our colleagues. But in those situations in countries like Pakistan, Lebanon, they're multi-year funding streams, correct? Ma'am, those accounts fall outside of my purview, so I cannot answer that question. Okay. Well, I've been told that that is indeed the case, so that there's not the, the immediate um, angst or hit financially that would potentially accrue. But the difference, as I see it, in Ukraine as compared to these other countries is that Ukraine is engaged in a hot war with Russia right now. And it seems that withholding that money was irresponsible, considering that they had made all of this, taken steps to meet all the conditions that we had requested of them, and Congress had appropriated the funds. Is that not the case? 
Ma'am, I and my DOD colleagues advocated strenuously for the release of these funds because of their national security importance. So basically, the entire um, interests of the Department of Defense and State Department were consistently supportive of releasing these funds. Everyone was mystified as to why the funds had been withheld, and everyone's running around trying to get an answer, and you're getting kind of obtuse responses saying it was the president because of corruption. Now, what we see is that President Zelensky gets elected in April. Uh, the expectation is that Vice President Pence is going to uh, attend the inauguration in September, and then the president pulls the carpet out from under him in terms of him going. And then he proceeds in Ju June or July to withhold the funds. There is a a concerted effort by the President of the United States to, to act in a manner that is not consistent with our interest in wanting to protect Ukraine and help them deal with the Russian aggression at its border. Would you agree with that? Ma'am, I have you know, advocated for this security assistance, and I have advocated for high-level engagement with the government of Ukraine because I think both are in the national security interest. That, I yield back. Mr. Stewart. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, under Representative Chris Stewart, Utah, Republican. Both recognized as experts, dedicated public servants, and I got to tell you, being the President of the United States is perhaps the most complicated endeavor in the history of the world. No one could do it without people like you to provide that backbone that you do, and thank you for doing that. Um, I don't mean to repeat the same questions ad nauseum, but I think we reached a point of nauseum, I don't know, sometime yesterday or some time ago. It's some repetitive here, and you'll forgive me for doing that. Although, Ms. Cooper, I do have some, some questions based on some things you've said previously. And I would just want to add, for clarification, there's a question about these emails that well, I think they claimed withholding, uh, described withholding the aid, and they had come from Capitol Hill or from someone on the Foreign Affairs Committee. Is that true? Sir, are you referring to my statement today or something previous? I believe this is previous, a question we had previous. Are you aware of, of such um, an email? I'm, I'm sorry, I don't think I have enough information to make an assessment. Is it from a particular page in my deposition? No, it's just reporting that we've heard that there may have been communications with you with someone on the Foreign Affairs Committee on the Hill. Is that, is that not true? That there may have been communications with me? Yes, email with you. S sir, I'm not, I'm not aware. Okay, thank you. Um, and for clarification as well, someone may have asked you or queried you from the U Ukrainian embassy about the withholding of aid. Is that true? Did you hear from them? Sir, I testified earlier that um, the communication from the Ukrainian embassy was to my staff, and my staff mentioned this to me after my deposition. Um, the only specific communication that I recollect with the Ukrainians about this specific issue was on, I believe it was September 5th, at a reception at the Ukrainian embassy. And just to bore down on that just a little bit, was that just a query generally about the forthcoming aid or was it specific regarding them being aware that the aid was being withheld? 
sir, just to be clear, the September 5th conversation that I had was specific to uh, the hold. There, they, there was an awareness of okay. that, and there was a question of concern. Okay. Thank you. You know, Ms. Cooper, uh, well, to both of you, uh, Under Secretary Hale as well, at the end of the day, it really does, and I've done this before, it really does come down to this. Uh, the transcript I'm holding up is a transcript of the phone call between President Zelensky and President Trump that uh, I would hope every American would take the opportunity to read. It's only a few pages long. And, uh, and much more information beyond that is maybe helpful to inform, but it really comes down to those conversations, those few sentences. But um, Mr. Hill, going quickly through a series of questions, and I have your answers here, so this won't take long, uh, and you've answered them generally anyway. You agree the United States should evaluate whether a country is worthy of our aid. Is that fair to say? Yes, sir. And you understand as well that President Trump has been skeptical generally of foreign aid and, and some of the money that we've given. Is that fair as well? I think so. And I think that's been fairly consistent. He's done that since before he was elected, I think. Um, others in the process have testified the Ukraine has a long history of corruption. That's not going to surprise any one of us. We've talked about that about a thousand times. Do you think it was right that President Trump would test, is a word I think used previously, that he would test President Zelensky prior to, uh, to providing some of the security assistance? The President Zelensky was new. Um, yes. I had met him in February. I was impressed by him. But I think it was understandable for the administration as a new president in Ukraine was coming to office to understand better what that president's policies would be and attitude toward the United States. And see, Under Secretary, I think that's key because we've had it referred to while the DOD had completed their review about the same time. But this was a person who was elected and we knew nothing about him. He didn't have a history of governance in Ukraine. He came really a, a little bit like President Trump himself. He did not come from a, a public background that we would have much information on him. And it seems prudent, as you said, to kind of test him and see if he was serious about Ukraine. At some point, I'm going to conclude, I believe it was about Labor Day, the Secretary was able to engage the President on the security assistance, about the same time, by the way, that uh, you had some others, uh, Secretary, Vice President Pence and Bolton's and, and Bolton as well, as well as the burden-sharing review was completed, and shortly thereafter, the aid was released. Is that your understanding? Um, I, I was never informed as to why the assistance was released. I did read about it. Okay. Well, those events did happen, and it seemed like they were the reason the aid was released. But thank you both, and I yield back. Mr. Quigley. Thank you. Thank you both for being here, and thank you for your service. Representative Mike Quigley, Democrat, Illinois. The importance of this uh, military assistance as it affects Ukrainian sovereignty and... Uh, its importance because of potential uh, greater ambitions by uh, the Russians. Let me try to put it in context and please get your reaction from, from both of you, from a, someone who had been there before, uh, a renowned international policy expert on such things, uh, Zygmunt Brzezinski. Uh, his quote seems to strike home today. He wrote, Russia can either be an empire or a democracy. But it cannot be both. Without Ukraine, Russia ceases to be an empire. But with Ukraine suborned and then subordinated, Russia automatically becomes an empire. Your thoughts of how this puts this into context today, please? Sir, I think that is a very powerful and accurate quote. I would agree. 
<clears throat> Ms. Cooper, you uh, talked about emails that were drawn to your attention. Um, that you they were sent to your staff. Is that correct? The emails that I discussed this evening were emails sent to my staff. That is correct. Okay. Uh, I, I think first of all, it's important to point this out that it's not something you are aware of. It points to a larger issue that the Defense Department and the State Department have refused to comply with a, a duly issued subpoena to provide this committee with documents that would further shed light on when precisely the Ukrainians knew about the hold. So uh, this isn't something you're aware of, but there's untold information out there being blocked that would draw greater light and help us understand. Is there anything else out there that you're aware of or uh, possibilities that are out there with DOD or the State Department which could help us shed light on what the Ukrainians knew and when they knew it? Sir, I have shared with the committee all that I recollect, but I have not done an exhaustive investigation. So I really can't speculate on what else might be uh, available by combing through all of the Defense Department records, which are substantial. Did the State Department or Department of Defense ask you for your information, or did, you, or did they coordinate with you to get information you had? Sir, uh, I was um, told not to, not to destroy anything, and our, um, our, our IT personnel uh, have been collecting documents, is my understanding. So um, that, that occurs without, um, without the individual having to... But they were collecting it and passing it on to state or DOD, is that correct? I'm sorry, sir, could you repeat they were, that? You said your department was collecting it. Well, they weren't passing that on to you. They were passing it on to, to the State Department? Live Sir, impeachment I coverage on KPFA, KPFB in Berkeley, KFCF 88.1 FM in Fresno, K248BR 97.5.